Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about product marketing in tech. Now, this is an area that we have covered in some of our previous episodes also. So one of the more recent episodes was with a PMM at Facebook. This was episode number 36. And the very first episode of this podcast actually was with a product marketing manager at Microsoft. And on today's show, our guest is Jennifer Royer who is a director of product marketing at DocuSign. So for anyone who has an interest in exploring a career in product marketing, especially in tech, you now have three great episodes to listen to, all of them with very smart, very talented individuals with their own different perspectives to share on what this role is all about. But coming very quickly to DocuSign and Jennifer, So DocuSign is again one of those Silicon Valley companies that has done very well in a relatively short period of time. So it was founded sometime in 2003 and since then DocuSign has now empowered more than 225,000 companies and over 85 million users across 188 countries. And this is a company that most of us are familiar with for their electronic signature technology. They enable you to sign and send and manage documents online very easily. So it takes away the hassle of printing, scanning and faxing documents and so on. So a great product. And since its inception, DocuSign has raised over half a billion dollars from very marquee investors such as Kleiner Perkins, Google Ventures and SAP. Coming to Jennifer herself, she has been working in product marketing at DocuSign for over three years now. And she started off her career in consulting. She was with a firm called The Monitor Group, which was a strategy consulting company doing very well and was acquired by Deloitte recently. And she also did a couple of roles in some tech startups such as Goodreads, which was later acquired by Amazon. In terms of her educational background, Jennifer has a BA in psychology and a BS in economics from University of Pennsylvania. And she also has an MBA from the Wharton School with a focus on entrepreneurial management and marketing. So I think today's discussion is going to be very, very helpful for anyone who has an interest in product marketing. Jennifer shares a number of very, very useful insights and details. And we also go into a lot of detail on what is it like to recruit for tech roles when you come from not a very technical background, which is especially true for a number of MBA candidates who want to enter the tech industries. So I hope you enjoy today's discussion and find it helpful. And without further ado, let's welcome Jennifer to the show. Hey Jennifer. Hello. Hi, how are you? Great. You are in an amazing office. So we are right now in the DocuSign office. This is on 221 Main Street in yep. San Francisco. Yeah, we are within shooting range of the Wharton campus. In That's fact, right, yeah. While where, coming over, I passed the campus. Yep. So this is, uh, this is my neighborhood, I guess you could yeah. say. I was one of the first in the Wharton San Francisco That's program. Right. It started when we were in school. It did. It did, right? Yeah. yeah that we was in 2000. 
2012. That's right. 2012, right? And I see that you can see the Bay Bridge from here. Yes, we are in a sparkling new conference room on the 14th floor, looking at the Bay Bridge. A little bit overcast, but still a wonderful view. <laughs> it's the city. It this is. is my favorite conference room because there are lots of windows and I'm a big fan of natural light. No, it's a great office. It's a great location. It's very convenient. All right. So as you heard, we'll be talking about product marketing. So thanks a lot for agreeing to come on the show. Why don't we start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and your career path so far? Great. So I think you hit on a lot of the points in the intro. Strangely enough, the companies that I've worked for in the past before coming to DocuSign have a history of being acquired by other companies. So I was. Well, that's good for you. I suppose. I was in management consulting for several years out of undergrad, worked primarily in Boston, but of course traveled a fair bit, had a couple of international gigs in Australia as well as China and Taiwan. So that was really exceptional Oh, you were in China and Taiwan also? For a whopping six weeks, but it, it counts for something. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> so different countries, right? Very different and a wonderful experience over there. So had a couple of those projects and then did my MBA at Wharton, which is where we met. And during that summer, was out here in San Francisco, interned at Goodreads, which was later acquired by Amazon. And consequently, their offices are stone's throw away from where we're sitting right oh, now really? as well. So This has become like a startup hub, this area near the Fourth and King Caltrain station in SF. I think it so. Is, yeah. Cool. So what attracted you to DocuSign uh, when you were recruiting? Actually... Maybe you can first just tell us a little bit what does DocuSign do for the benefit of anyone sure. who may not be familiar. Yes. So DocuSign allows you to sign, send, and manage documents securely from anywhere in the world on any device. Mm -hmm. And so really it's helping solve the problem of the hassles that you might have to otherwise deal with, with paperwork, complicated workflows, you can do that all seamlessly, oh, digitally. Yeah. And so depending on kind of the, the person, everyone has a different DocuSign story and experience, but some popular use cases include buying a home. If you imagine oh, wow. all of okay. the paperwork involved in that and uh, collaborating in a secure place to complete and sign documents for that transaction. Mm -hmm. You know, imagine signing an offer letter from your couch or in a park or something yeah. like that. But clearly you're the marketing person. Yes, I yeah. am. So I could go on and on. But, it, you know, it, when I was looking at DocuSign, I had briefly been exposed to it as a consumer who signed mm -hmm. something digitally. Right. But I didn't understand the full extent of the product and the benefit that it has in the efficiency, the simplicity that it yeah. produces, which is really that you can spend more time doing what you want to do. So if you're a small business owner, you're growing your business. You're spending more time with customers. Right. If you're a physician, you're spending more time with patients. Right. And, and that makes a huge difference. No, absolutely. And it's good to know that it's being used for... Not just sort of, um, you know, what I might call in layman's language, not very serious use cases. So it's like, all right, I, I want to get some some paperwork signed, but stuff like a lease, 
mm-hmm. for, a, for a new apartment or when you're selling a home. That That's a big yeah. deal, right? You want it to be absolutely right. And if people are using DocuSign for that, that's great. So there's no element of, or there's a high element of trust. Absolutely. And we take that very seriously. So we've made a lot of investments to ensure that we have bank grade security and encryption. We are a cloud provider. Um, We do have other deployment options as well. But our our bread and butter really is in the software as a service industry and, and in the cloud. Yeah. So when you were recruiting, were you sort of sure that you wanted to become something and like do something in product marketing or were you exploring other roles? I was exploring a lot and I learned from my internship search during grad school that I needed to widen my options. What was your role during at Goodreads? That was where you interned, right? I think my title was something like marketing intern. It was very non-specific. Okay. But it was marketing. It was. Um, but, you know, the the way these things go, especially at any high growth technology or other company, the description very rarely matches what you actually end up doing, <laughs> is right. yeah. uh, which is a, a good mindset to have <laughs> for, especially for uh, fast-growing companies, but you know, I I had this notion. Of course, in business school, I was focused on what my majors really reflected, which is entrepreneurship and marketing. And uh-huh. so, I knew I wanted to be in San Francisco. I was mostly targeting technology companies, but not necessarily limiting myself to that. And in my internship search, I thought. I want to work for a consumer tech company with 50 people or less Hmm. based in San Francisco. And it was really hard to find something that met those criteria. And why 50 people or less? I have no idea. (laughs) I really don't know. I thought that it needed to be this certain size where I could have a very versatile role and mm. just kind of roll up my sleeves and get in there. I didn't so you wanted a lot of responsibility. I wanted that. a lot of responsibility. I wanted a place where I could take a lot of initiative and not inherit a ton of structure. Mm. And you know, what's interesting is that I think that sometimes you could go to a 50-person company and it might have a ton of structure and sometimes it doesn't. And I've, I think I've just learned that and experienced that throughout my career, which is why I realized that I should be broader about my job search in particular after yeah. I graduated. But um, yeah, I, I ended up doing something that was slightly different from the job description. I think the the internship was billed as consumer branding or, or something okay. like that. And I did user acquisition. I optimized the new new user registration I process. I did A-B tests. It was awesome. And at the end, I did quick market research oh, interesting. that I said, you guys need to do this because no one has talked to your customers. And that's a I really see. crucial part of marketing. Got so, it. Got it. Yeah. Very cool. So, so you sort of some and I actually I do want to spend a lot of time on just how that recruitment process sure. shaped up for you, but let's do that towards the end. Yeah. Let's spend some time on product marketing first. Yes. So, can you describe for us what does a product marketer or product marketing manager do? Yeah. So, in product marketing, I tend to view the role as being a leader and business owner for a defined segment of the business. And so 
across our product marketing team, what that means is that we have leads on specific product features and functionality. We just launched a new product called DocuSign Rooms. Okay. And so that actually stemmed from uh, a real estate focused company that we acquired a Mm -hmm. few years back. And we've now rolled that out to be accessible to broader customers. Mm -hmm. But it is a secure place to complete transactions such as buying a new house where you have several different people involved. So you've got agent, broker, buyer, seller, and you can grant access to different people for different documents and Mm -hmm. so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, So now we've extended that to financial services and we'll be rolling it out to other segments as well. But our, our core product is really the the ability to, as I said, sign, send, and manage documents. Yeah. And so you've got the workflow and routing piece, connections to partners, et cetera. Um, but where where I was kind of just going back to the, the product marketing yeah. role. So we have product marketeer mm-hmm. who, <laughs> who leads the rooms product. Okay. We have Others that are dedicated to, um, say, the services business. Mm-hmm. So selling services in conjunction to our product. Okay. We have a, a senior director who manages that. And then my role is more on the segment side of things. So okay. I own a certain business size, okay. which is larger than SMB and smaller than enterprise customers. Okay. And I also own an industry segment, which is healthcare and life sciences. So I am point on the positioning, messaging, targeting, and any uh, sales materials and sales education in support of those businesses. So this is this is very helpful. So just just sort of make sure that I understand uh, what you've pointed out is that as a product marketer, you could lead there are various variables almost how you could define what you're leading so it could either be in terms of what product you're leading so mm-hmm. as an example you could be a, a product marketing manager working on DocuSign rooms sure uh, yep. there are some people who are also product marketers who are working on some of your services segments mm-hmm. and then you are focused more on a customer segment yes right? um, yes and so help me understand that across all of these different areas that different product marketers are working on eventually what is what is it that you're trying to achieve like what is the goal as a product marketer. Yeah, so our goals are tied with sales metrics. Okay. So it's to expand our awareness and sales ultimately okay. to yeah. new customers, grow the pie with our install base. So you're using DocuSign already and you're using it to sign sales contracts on mm. mobile devices. That's okay. amazing. Okay. What, are you, what are you doing to onboard your new employees? Right. So in, there are plenty of examples out there of customers like LinkedIn or HP that are using us in multiple parts of their business, but mm. they may have started in a kind of a pilot area and kind right. of moved on to something enterprise-wide. So that's a great point. So what you're saying is that your goals are tied to the sales metrics, right? Yes. Eventually, what you want is, so you start off with creating awareness, but you ultimately want it to end up in some sort of a sale, right? 
Yeah, so we're we're looking at the the metrics that sales uses in terms of the the lead pipeline mm-hmm. of net new prospects that mm-hmm. are coming in. Okay. Um, our ability to convert those prospects, how long it takes, which channels are kind of optimal okay. to as part of that buyer journey, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, yeah. and I guess my assumption was always so if. It, if we, if we use the term buyer journey or customer journey, right? Yes. So you start off with, okay, hey, there's something called DocuSign, then you might try it, and then you eventually end up buying it. Does marketing's role, does it start and end somewhere, or are you working across that entire journey? Because my assumption was that your marketing as a function is mm-hmm. focused much more on the awareness side, and then sales is focused much more on the conversion side, but I'm, I guess I'm well, you know, it's it's hard to say we're only in one place because mm-hmm. depending on the type of activity that you're doing, you're in, in different parts of the funnel. So okay. we just launched a brand campaign, DocuSign and Go, and that is very, very top of funnel. So there may be people who've never heard of DocuSign who see a DocuSign commercial and hopefully say, oh, that mm-hmm. sounds really cool. Let me look that up. Okay. And and they're learning about what DocuSign is and how they can use it. Yeah, but yeah. then once once you show that interest mm. or you're on the website, well, what's the message on the website? That's us. Yeah. So part of my role is content creation because it is the messaging and the positioning. And, and I need to understand you as a customer. Mm. So if you are a clinical researcher in life sciences, why do you care about DocuSign? Yeah, right. Even though you could be a sales leader at LinkedIn or you could be a clinical researcher at AstraZeneca hmm. and maybe you're, you know, you're both DocuSigning Signing. something, yeah. but what are you DocuSigning? Right, it's it's right. different contextually. And if you're the AstraZeneca person, then you care a lot more about compliance and certain industry regulations. And so... And there are slightly different applications that you may be using or partner right. products. So, that makes sense. Um, so anyway, it, we're when it comes to the the content and the audience reach, it really is kind of throughout the buyer journey because mm. it's what does that person see first? How do you continue to build their interest? So once you've maybe checked out our website, do you attend a webinar? Right. I'm yeah. usually the voice on the webinar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I <laughs> see that. Then, okay, yeah. And then once you started using DocuSign, what are you doing next? Are you getting the most out of the product? Also, like upsell. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and just helping customers with their roadmap too. Hmm. And we have we I have customer focused events hmm. where our customers and prospects can hear about what other customers are doing Hmm. and you know we're inspired by that they're inspired by that and often it really opens their eyes about what they can do with the product and the theme we had for our customer event this year was imagine what you can do and I think that's very fitting because it really is exposing a lot of this innovation the trends going on and then they're leaving that saying okay, I have this in sales and now I need it in, you know, five other places. Mm. And and that's where, you know, some of the services marketing and the resources around best practices for implementation come in. Yeah. And 
again, like contextually within an industry or business segment, if that's in my turf, I'm involved. No, in I, that. I yeah. absolutely understand. Yeah. So, and then from what you're describing, so A, I think the kind of things you'll be focusing on that might vary a lot depending on the stage the product is in. So, if it's a new product launch, you're probably doing a lot just to generate awareness on the product. But if well, it's, or testing it out, quite frankly, out. we yeah. we rolled out some enhanced capabilities in the life sciences area hmm. in our winter release and we had a beta program with a handful of customers where we were getting feedback and fine-tuning the product before we rolled it out more broadly interesting so i i would imagine you're working closely with the product manager yes on this right okay yeah so that's and that's the thing is we're it's very cross-functional in nature and i hmm. think that is what you find in product marketing and in, in many companies hmm. but it does differ. I've talked to friends who work at Facebook and other places, and what I glean from that is if you're in a company that has a lot of discrete products, it might be organized quite differently okay, than yeah. DocuSign, where the market's so large, we're replacing paper. So <laughs> try and tell me somewhere we're not relevant, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so then it's really kind of more contextual or segment marketing yeah. in a way. And, and we you know we do have folks who are much closer to the the product launch, product capabilities that scale across right. the business. Right. I need to know about all of those and which are most relevant for the the customers in my industries and in this business size area. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I would say is that you know, our customers are our customers, as you might see them. Hmm. The the people who are using DocuSign to send something out or even to sign it as an end user. But the other key customer is the sales organization. That's right. Yeah. So do you consider sales your customer? I do. Okay. Yeah. So it's like I have multiple chiefs here, really. <laughs> because really, you know, if we're putting out a white paper or we're running a new brand campaign hmm. and it has a defined set of of messaging and targets and so forth if i put that white paper out there and i'm really proud of it and i think customers need this but sales has no idea there's no point there's yeah. no point they, yeah. they have they have relationships they're the ones who are going out there going after certain accounts and so they need to absolutely yeah. understand yeah. all the tools in their tool belt and yeah. we need to make it as simple for them to access and understand those things and weave them into the strategy that they have for sense. their accounts so let's go one level deeper in mm-hmm. your role then um why don't you like is there any project that you particularly enjoyed or maybe it was just very challenging hard and then let's walk through that project yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure so i mentioned the life science capabilities that we rolled out in our winter release, which Mm -hmm. is, I guess, about six months ago Mm -hmm. at this point. And that that was fun and challenging, but I kind of equate those two words. I I like a good challenge, (laughs) so I learned a ton on that. Uh, The context was that, as you may know, in a regulated space like life sciences, which is pharmaceutical companies, med tech, med devices, clinical trials, that sort of thing. Uh, It's very regulated for Mm -hmm. 
those parts of the business for clinical trials, for quality and manufacturing, as you would hope as someone who you know, might, <laughs> yeah. might get a prescription every now and then. There yeah. are some very stringent standards they need to follow. And so to do business digitally is very beneficial for them because you have all these sign-offs that have, have to happen around the world. These are huge global companies. Or there are many large global companies. And every day that a drug does not get to market, hmm. according to AstraZeneca, who's one of our customers, you're losing, I think it's $15 million. Wow. Okay. So time is of the essence. Yeah. So there's a great value proposition, but you have to jump through these extra regulations yeah. that the FDA has set forth in terms of how you actually authenticate into and complete a transaction. So we had a core set of capabilities that are kind of an add-on or enhancement to our existing DocuSign product that help customers comply with this regulation. And what the, what the product launch or release involved was education and awareness about what that update was. As yeah, so just to clarify one yeah. thing. So this was an important release for DocuSign. Mm-hmm. At what point does the product marketing manager come in? So, like, tell me about the beginning of this of this thing for yeah. you, from your so, perspective. Well, so there, there's kind of the backstory of how it came into existence, which is that life sciences based on market data, customer data, has been identified as a priority industry due hmm. to the potential in the space and specifically in the regulated business for all the reasons I talked about. Tons of paperwork high stakes to get something to market sooner. And so that led to the decision to invest in these regulated capabilities. And maybe not you yourself, but someone in product marketing would sort of build the case that... Yeah, you need to okay. build... So okay. there, there's... It's it's marketing, it's sales, it's product combined. There's huh. kind of a council that decides it. But once we reach that decision and we're investing in these extended capabilities or you know other examples around a new product or whatever then you need someone in product marketing who's managing that process and working in conjunction with the product team to understand everything that all all of the capabilities in the product why customers should care about that what they need to know and and kind of contextually how it fits in and matters to their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because selling on functionality is not yeah. the way to go. It's it's really, you know, what's your problem and how am I helping you solve Actually, your problem? Actually, can you give us an example of this? Like just to illustrate the difference between a messaging which is very focused on selling on functionality and a messaging which is focused much more on the customer's problem. Yeah. So... Well, I mean, with this one, it's really you're trying to get your products in the hands of patients sooner. You don't want to be caught up in paperwork doing that. And so if you cut your process by what we've seen, which is an average of three weeks, you're looking at saving. Well, I got to do some quick math here. That's fine. Like two, two hundred, three hundred million dollars, right? Yeah. So, um, so why, you know, why wouldn't you take that step? That, that is, 
far from a perfect elevator pitch, but but, but that not, is yeah. different than saying we can help you comply with 21 CFR Part 11 by following the requirements for authentication and having a seamless workflow experience. It's yeah, boring. Yeah. It's yeah, totally no, no, boring. You're like, no, whoa, helpful. okay, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Go away. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so, so you sort of, like a group of people identifies that, okay, this is an important industry to invest in. We should have a product here. And then now the product is ready. And now product marketing has to figure out what is the right messaging uh, and, you know, in what places, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, so walk us through yeah, so how do you figure that out. So there's, I mean, there's kind of how does it fit into the broader strategy within the, the industry, assuming that it's already priority as it is. But, but you're thinking about, in this case, you know, who's buying it, who's using it, and who's influencing the decision. Hmm. And so that, that profile and the understanding that we have from customers directly, from the sales team, in some cases from, from broader market research, um, in this case is mostly the other items I mentioned, but what is the profile of those people who kind of demanded this in the first place? It tends to be compliance, regulatory, some IT or operations. Hmm. And what are the key things that, that they care about? Can you Compli- tell, yeah, compliance. Compliance, okay. time to market, security, legality, ability to scale globally, different yeah. languages, different local requirements, um, ability to actually take something out of our system and put it in their own repositories, yeah. Yeah. which we can do. Um, so, so it's all of those things. Like, who's your audience? Got that. What do they care about? How do you reach them? Yeah. What are they reading? We've done some webinars with Pharma Voice that have been very successful because we know that's a channel where you find these people. Got it. So th- those are kind of the basics. And then, you know, we did a, a press release. We did a webinar. It, it's kind of the multi-channel or omni-channel strategy. Yeah. And, and then in conjunction with all of that, there's all of the internal enablement. So we had to create new SKUs to sell these products. We had to have that go through pricing approvals and uh, figure out how to price it. That's also marketing? That is marketing. That We do have a pricing team. Okay. And so they they had some research that informed and kind of willingness to I pay see. for this. I see. But it, you know, as with anything, there's some art and some science. You know, there there is some quantitative, and then there's some just fine tuning based on what we. Know I want to understand customers. the art part. Like, so do you guys? I'm guessing the I'm guessing the the place where there is most sort of it's not easy to quantify is like what messaging you use, right? So you, yeah. you can you can definitely find okay, this channel seems to have the most number of people actually listening to the channel or watching the channel. So do you guys try and test? What kind of content works? Yeah, so that we, we can do tests when we're marketing like a, a webinar. We have a specific campaign going on, but that's very specific. I, I mean, most often the way to kind of gut check it is we have a subject matter expert who's worked in the industry 
for 30 years, worked in the farm industry for 30 years. So if something sounds wildly off, she will tell you. Okay. <laughs> She's from the East Coast, so she'll definitely tell you. And and then our sales team, because they're yeah. talking with the customers all yeah. the time. Yeah. And so, you know, I had a conversation today about reaching a specific part of the market. And the questions you ask are, you know, how are they different? What are they buying? What's the sales cycle? All of these things. And yeah. so you're gleaning this research that helps you paint that picture of who the customer is and what will resonate with them and you know I'm sure there are ways we could get better at that but from an 80-20 perspective that's what it is yeah that's what it is yeah so I mean if you were to think about if you if you were to take a typical project and split your time on the sort of key activities you spend your time on like how would you split it (laughs) that's tough it varies a lot uh, because the project's Projects I do vary a lot, but I would say that maybe a a third of it is go-to-market strategy. So I'm looking at customer data. I'm I might be doing some kind of one-off interviews either with our sales team or customers directly. I'm looking at customer transaction data, I'm looking at specific sub-segments, whether that's, you know, pharma within life sciences or like the IT function or the sales function or something like that, and and deciding where what we prioritize and who we go after and how. How would you prioritize? Prioritize based on traction to date, average like deal size. Buying, yeah. So, you know... There's there's something to be said for if it's very successful and we're selling a lot of it and we're selling in higher than average deal size, then let's really go after that and win more of the market. So you tend to have more references. You have foundational content, that I sort see. of thing. Yeah. Um, it's not to say you shouldn't go after areas that that are complete, you know, complete yeah. white space because there's the competitive analysis piece of it too. So, so that comes into it. I mean, it's, it's really anything like when I was in business school, I kind of toyed around with this travel business. That oh, that's and, right. Yeah. You did, you did. And, and it's, it's similar to that, but it's just in the context of DocuSign, you know, you're, you're thinking about who your audience is, what they care about and, who you're up against, how to reach that. It's it's all of those things that I talked about that's kind of the go-to-market strategy piece mm-hmm. of it. And then once you're like, okay, it's compliance, it's pharma first and foremost, and secondary would be med device, and it's these titles and whatever. Okay, so we're going to do this set of activities. Mm-hmm. So then you actually have to do them. <laughs> yeah, no, <absolutely. laughs> so that's like the, another yeah. call it third ish so you've got the third that strategy the third that i would just call execution so you like do the strategy (laughs) and and a lot of that is you know cross-functional collaboration with other parts of the marketing organization with our product management partners sales of course is is a key element of it and it really touches a lot of different parts of the business and then you know perhaps the other third is just the sales enablement piece of it who is your internal customer yeah right? and yeah. and it's working with them whether whether that's um you know kind of 
shining a, a spotlight on a customer who's doing some really cool things with the product that we just launched or doing some training on it. So, yeah. hey, we launched this thing. Here's why it matters. Here's how you demo it. And the, the process when you're selling, here are some questions you might ask that would kind of tee off whether this is the right thing for them or which path to go right. down. Right, right, right. Um, because, you know, it's as exciting as it is to roll out all of these new product enhancements and you know, launch new products. And, and it's great because we're doing that all the time. And it's, you know, being here for three years, I feel like we're just constantly on Launching. our toes. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's great because we're responding to the customer's needs, but it's still change. Yeah. And that's what I think we need to recognize internally and with our customers is that when you're introducing something new, especially when you're really close to it, you're like, well, this is the best thing ever. Everybody should be doing this. Yeah. But what's in it for them? What's in it for you, the customer? What's in it for you, the salesperson? And how does it fit into your world? Right. As it's hard opposed to distance to, yourself, right? Yeah. So understanding that context as best as possible and like I said, you know, making it as super simple as it can be in terms of explaining what it is, why it matters, and how you yeah. access so actually, it. So actually, that's a great point, right? Like, I guess, like, if, if I sort of take a step back and the gist of what you're saying is you have to really, really understand your customer, right? And everything else will sort of flow from there. Are there any, maybe not at DocuSign itself, are there other marketing campaigns that you personally have been very impressed with? just like oh other oh, that's cool. other companies marketing campaigns yeah um well i will say this when it comes to kind of positioning and and selling there are some brands that i have more respect for or yeah. some materials that i've seen that i like more so like task rabbit has oh, yeah. have you seen those on the bus Maybe, stations? But can you talk about yeah it? so so task rabbit has all of these bus advert well not bus advertisement bus stop advertisement and <laughs> and they're kind and of dust rabbit cheeky. is the company where you can to just sort of hire someone hire for any someone kind of to do jobs. your errands yeah. Yeah. yeah and so it'll say i'm trying to think of one of them i should know but um it, it, it will have someone going for a run and it'll say running errands oh interesting and yeah. so so it's very clever because you're seeing the value huh. inherent in what they're providing, which is I can go for a run because someone else is doing yeah. my errands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, so I, I think the reason I didn't mention this is that I don't feel I can take full credit for this, but it is our current DocuSign marketing campaign, which is DocuSign and Go. And you okay. can kind of fill that in with anything you want. DocuSign and Go Hire, DocuSign and Go Sell, which is kind of alluding to the fact that you're not drowning in paperwork, so you can spend more time doing what you really want to do. Because and you're that's getting your, or you were on the team. I was actually one of the first people who worked on some of the initial customer research that went into that. Right. So um, you know, if I, when I had aha moments, it was certainly many of them occurred during that process because I think anytime you're sitting behind the glass in a market research room for two straight days, <laughs> people say some crazy stuff that you wouldn't expect yeah. about your product. Yeah. And um, 
and we learned a lot about how we needed to kind of change our tune to reach our audience and it really is about what what can you do because you're getting the value out of this product as opposed to the more kind of functional benefits which many and or most of our competitors will position around yeah so what do you think is the future of product marketing I think the future of product marketing, if anything, is an expanded marketing role. And what I mean by that is we partner very closely with other marketing functions like demand generation. Mm. It's doing a lot of the marketing automation and that sort of thing. Mm. And I feel like as, as companies mature to have much better systems where things become more automated and data is more accessible, then it's easier for one person to be playing more of that like expanded mini CMO role as opposed to necessarily interfacing with a a ton of different people. So you'll just take on more and more because right now, if I understand... Perhaps. Maybe that's just what I want to say. <laughs> I, I like being able to have a lot of broad visibility. I can see across. that, yeah. Especially with a lot of automation and data at your disposal, it should be possible. I do one thing, as you were talking through that, um, as someone in marketing, are you also supposed to, or is it good to keep track of just all these new platforms that keep coming up? So, for example, Snapchat is all the rage now. And it might not be a good fit for DocuSign. But we do have a, a Snapchat channel okay oh you do yeah so like is, is that like as as a product marketer are you always on the lookout for oh maybe we should do something in snapchat or... uh that's not really my world okay. so we we have a social media team so and okay. and they're you know the the social media team as well as some other parts of marketing i, I would say are are great partners in amplifying our message and reaching other audiences so um so where where we may have a really cool customer featured or we're at some event or something like that then they know about it we've got systems set up so we can flag it in advance and it's on their radar and then they're snapping if that's the proper term (laughs) they're snapping and they're tweeting and they're whatever and and so the impact becomes that much greater so it's you know when you think of those areas as a channel to reach people sure um but it's mostly in partnership with with other teams got it got it got it got it cool so then let's try and understand a little bit of sort of the day-to-day aspects of your job so Mm -hmm. uh generally what are the kind of issues or problems that you're solving so you've done a great job of just describing the role but on a day-to-day basis what are the kind of things you're well some of it comes down to prioritization and alignment Mm. so there's and maybe that's a docusign thing but i i think that at any high growth company you, you get this which is we've got a lot of bright people here and Everyone has their area of the business mm-hmm. and the thing, their priorities and the things that they care about. We have company-wide priorities, which are very helpful just in terms of like 
financial services, life sciences, real estate, th yeah. these are all priority industries, for instance. But the most effective way to operate is when we are all moving in lockstep. And so sometimes that is a negotiation where I need to make a business case or someone else needs to make a business case we get a lot of asks hmm. from other parts of the business and I respect all of my colleagues. I will say sometimes it is overwhelming because everyone's thing, they want you to think yeah. it's the most important, yeah. right? And you so have who, to decide these, where to hold the line. So are these product managers who are coming to you and saying, hey, Jennifer, how can I market my product? So what are, they, what are these different groups are coming it's, to uh, you for? A, a lot of it is um, other parts of sales and marketing mm -hmm. so sales is very hungry for for leads for prospects for more materials to use to to go after them oh, so they and, want more you want to and so some yeah so you know there's there's kind of understanding what's what's an awareness issue or how do we make things more accessible versus we actually need something that we don't have mm -hmm. already so that's, I see. but, but you know, the, the, the core of my day to day is still like, I generally have one or two big things that I am working on. Hmm. So for instance, it could be launching a new product feature. It could be, uh, really attacking the opportunity to expand in our install base of customers. Um, it could be a customer research project right. the way that I had kind of done that and played that role at the outset of our our branding uh, project so there's there's generally one big thing maybe two that that's going at. on or a customer event and then there's there's kind of the uh, <laughs> what what fits into the overall priorities that's kind of coming okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. otherwise so you know there there's the usual pulse of webinars, sales trainings, looking at a segment to see if it's worthwhile to start attacking it or not. I mean, so this research right now, is it all mostly through, I think you talked about this a little bit, so it's uh, definitely third-party research, like Gartner reports and stuff, mm -hmm. and then you're spending time talking to your salespeople as well as to customers directly. Have you done any, because you seem to be spending a lot of time on research, does so anything else? Well, I don't know that I spend so so much time on research, <laughs> but um, uh, if you guys do anything else, not or we, maybe not specifically DocuSign. In yeah, no, I mean we, it. It really depends on the context and hmm. the the project. So we've done some larger scale studies, okay, uh, that have you know quantifiable data by sub industry and you know, usually a vendor is running those, but we're defining okay, and managing so will, it. So it's like a custom study for you. Yeah. Got it. Um, we, we did one on digitization, I think through Forrester a while back. We did one on some of the international markets. Interesting. And okay. some of the nuances there. So those weren't me. Those were other product marketing leaders. Right, right. That's fine. But, but that stuff does happen. Okay. And I think we'll only be doing more of that right, going so forward. I mean, we talk about the, the future of product marketing. I think that becoming more data-driven mm. and becoming even more customer-centric, it's yeah. only going to increase. Yeah, for sure. 
And, you know, I, as someone who works in marketing, I, I really hate it when people have that perception that marketing is fluff yeah because oh no it's not you want to see how many excel sheets i have open yeah. and salesforce reports so at any given time also, right? Just yeah excel. i mean i i've got to use that stuff it's to, a tool that you have to, it, use. Yeah, to yeah. inform my sure. perspective and and if someone says we need to go after this part of the business or this buyer i'd say okay let me look at it yeah, like, i'm yeah. not just going to take it at right. face value right. and so there's always kind of the what i would call like insular company data and then there's the broader market data and there's quant and there's qual and you know i like my data so um, <laughs> cool. yeah. Yeah, no good for you yeah um so can you share an example of maybe a stressful or a tough situation you've been in in this role I, it comes down to alignment quite frankly mm-hmm. when different parts of marketing or marketing and sales and product or some subset thereof are not on the same page is very difficult and yeah. it's very trying to get that stressful. Yeah. How do you resolve these situations? Uh, a lot of meetings. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I part of the reason that I, I like my job is that I do feel that it's um, it's such a kind of hub part of the business because I'm connected to so Hmm. many different functional areas and it's kind of like this quarterbacking role where, uh, you know, you may, you may have meetings with sales and they say, this is kind of a recent example. It's like, they want to focus on this thing. We may not be resourced to focus on that thing or we haven't actually, we, we don't see the value in from the data and maybe they're looking at something different. So it's kind of like, okay, respect that. What's your business case? Yeah. What's the middle ground? Can we pilot something? I see. Yeah. And and you know, usually that's the sort of thing that that would happen. And mm-hmm. that's that's what I like to recommend for a company of any size is is especially if you're treading new ground or moving yeah, in a different no direction. Just no... try it yeah. and. And what that means is it's a defined period. It's a defined set of things. And, you know, you're not going out and spending tons of money. You're doing it in a very controlled fashion. And then if it works, great. Do more or tweak it. Yeah. Or And if it doesn't, you know, make adjustments or it, it didn't work. And it didn't work and you learned yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I guess at a company like DocuSign or any, but I guess DocuSign is no longer a startup, but any sort of, small to mid-sized company yeah that sort of flexibility to take on try things is higher yeah right? absolutely so um have you seen people who are maybe new to the role or maybe who have spent some time in the role any common mistakes that people often make in this role trying to do too much at once hmm. i think hmm. it it is it is a high growth environment and I think that most everyone who works here really cares very deeply about the company, the product, the people, and that's what makes it so wonderful to work here. But saying no is important yeah. sometimes. And I think especially when you're new, people yeah, enjoy right? <laughs> kind of giving you opportunities that may not actually fit with your job 
your your charter yeah. um, because you're still trying to figure out what your charter is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and no, so yeah. it's, um, you know, I made that comment earlier around your job description is almost never what you actually do, which I think is a good thing, but you should still have your true north on what your top priorities are. Your manager should know that. What's your true north in this job? Well, for my for this year, for my priorities, it's really around increasing adoption and expansion in install base and in the in the segments that you own. In the segments that I own and also helping our sales team be more productive. So right, right. And that that's means, what helps you say no to anything that you think doesn't align with Essentially, yeah. And, and it, it's you know, those that's kind of like the fifty thousand foot well, yeah, view, sure. <laughs> and it, it certainly comes down a bit when you get into like the one or two big projects that I have going on at any given yeah. time, and and then it's just kind of a, okay, that's great. I will reevaluate it yeah. when yeah. we're done with this thing. Yeah, I think it was Steve Jobs who said something like, "Saying no is probably the." one of the biggest indicators of whether you'll be successful. Like, you you need to have that ability. I know I'm botching it up, but he said something to that effect. I, that's, <laughs> that's valid. It, and it's a hard it's a hard thing to do. I mean, when you're at a company that has this much going on, mm-hmm. you just you want to help yeah. the company grow, and you want to help everybody because they're super nice and they're super excited. But then... Sometimes you just got to realize you you can't do all of those things and do them well. And in some cases, we have made a decision as a company to do some things and not do others. And so those others, it is it is a no. Um, There are some gray areas and that's, you know, a negotiation or. Uh, you know, just more more meetings to hash it out, <laughs> yeah. and you get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think that's that's important, and it's um it's a slippery slope. Definitely, yeah. So, in your opinion, what do you think are the most interesting aspects of working in product marketing? The versatility, for sure. I when I think about other parts of marketing, which are certainly very important. Um, I think the scope is a little more narrow. So we have a fantastic team that runs our events. Hmm. We have a you know, world-class demand gen organization, and that's, that's crucial to getting net new prospects and yeah. leads and all of that. Um, I don't find that those functions appeal as much to me because it is, like I said, it's a little more of a narrow scope yeah and so you're trying to be the mini CMO. I yeah I, I like the mini cmo role yeah, exactly yeah, so yeah. i i like the fact that i struggle to answer a question around what a typical day looks like yeah. if you ask me what i'm doing well tomorrow's the weekend so that's different <laughs> but if you ask me what i'm doing you know on monday versus monday three months from now like the answer will be different yeah. and you know some of that's just the seasonality of the business and when we do fiscal planning and when we have our uh, end of fiscal year and, and big events and stuff like that. And some of it's just the, the nature of the business yeah. and the nature of this position, quite frankly. Um, you know, if we really knock it out of the park with some of these big initiatives, then that kind of runs 
and I take on something new that will have a great new impact. Yeah, yeah. So no, absolutely. Gotta keep and moving. are there any aspects of this job that you do not like? Just do not like. Uh, no, nothing that's egregiously <laughs> bad. You know, it's it is. Just getting back to the whole focus thing earlier, it can be very overwhelming at times. Hmm. Um, there are times of year that I, I think, you know, January to April, roughly, we've got the end of the year, planning for the next year, sales kickoff, our largest customer event, replicate that in uh, the EU market, and you're just in an all-out sprint that whole yeah. time. So. But do you think that's a function of being in a high growth company? Like, if you think about specific to product marketing, you know, someone, let's say you, good for you, like data. So, you know, someone might be yeah. like, well, you know, I, I don't want to work with data that much. So, is there anything like that specific to product marketing? Otherwise, great. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, I, I would say that the only thing I get hung up on sometimes is that my passion is around customers mm. and customer centricity and solving the big hairy problems and sometimes you have to make a webinar deck or mm. whatever and it's when you do it for the first time you're like oh this is really cool but the, when I did that for the first time was a really long time ago and so some things get a, a little tedious yeah. but they've got to get done right, right and and we're we're not really big enough to have these huge teams yeah, that are super specialized right. Right. so you know yeah. I would rather this than like hey Jennifer here's your 25 step process for how you need to like do whatever yeah. I would die I would just oh it would be horrible yeah, yeah. like yeah. I would much rather define a framework that helps us scale and triple our revenues or something like yeah. that that's the sort of thing that I do here mm -hmm. as opposed to inheriting this very well-defined structure and, right. and going with that. So yeah, that means that sometimes I do stuff that is not the most exciting, but it's, you know, no, there are trade-offs. Yeah. And I guess you touched upon the challenges like alignment, which seems to be a big one, prioritization, so sort of time management. Anything else that comes to mind? Something you would like listeners to know? Um, I mean, I think the other thing is just understanding that things don't always happen when you need or want them to happen. So I, I probably should, could have given a different example on the stressful uh, what was it? Because there's so many of them. Yeah. Well, no, it's just um, like in the context of this product launch that happened a few months ago we were expecting certain things to be ready right. at a certain time and and then we uncovered all of these issues with something that needed to be updated in the customer accounts and we didn't see that before we got into it mm -hmm. and then everyone would you know everyone had a different point of view on when it needed to be done by and it is yeah. it is stressful when you you think you've got your plan and your milestones. I mean, it's life. Like, it does not <laughs> go as planned. Out, yeah. And so that stuff comes up inevitably. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you could think of plenty of other examples. Like it's a customer vomits on your press release. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. stuff yeah. like that that happens all the time. Um, but 
it's yeah it's stressful in the moment and then you get over it and you learn from it and you find a solution so yeah yeah and in terms of the career path so i can imagine that i guess generally over here you would sort of grow in the marketing function and you Mm -hmm. could switch around what are the exit paths like like if you want to leave marketing so interestingly enough our team is one of the best examples of transferring to other parts of the business Mm -hmm. so We've had, I think, two, if not more, go into product management. I see. So, like, what are those skills which you pick up in this role, which, you know, you could, are transferable? Yes. I mean, some of it is your straight-up leadership management, mm-hmm. prioritization, project management, like, really core, nice, you know, MBA stuff, <laughs> which is why we tend to have a lot of MBAs, but not necessarily. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and because we're working so closely with the product team, hmm. even if you don't right. come in with a super technical background, then you tend to pick up on a lot of this stuff. Like, right. I could tell you acronyms I didn't even know. Like, if you... <laughs> like swag. Well, not swag. More like ISO 2700. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and part CFR, part 11, and all yeah, of yeah. that yeah. would be completely boring. But, like technicalities that are specific to our product and the deeper that you get into understanding our product more fit your yeah yeah and and i think that you know some of the reason that people make the move aside from wanting something different is that they want to be closer to actually developing the thing that our customers use or like the user research itself and working with different teams so so that, that is a path going into that organization, but we've also had people go into sales roles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a woman who's now working with the security and, and legal team on, uh, on some initiatives there. We have our senior director of brand marketing came from, or employee brand marketing came from our team. So a lot of different paths in you know, primarily other leadership roles in, good, in yeah. the company. Um, we've had people transfer to other offices to kind of, of course, yeah. start up the marketing function over there. Um, and then, you know, when you occasionally see someone leave the company, usually they're in like a also a prominent role where yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. director, VP, CMO, COO, maybe even CEO in some places because I think – this foundation and it, it's telling where people come from and where people go after, mm. but it is so cross-functional in nature and we're looking at so many different parts of the business. Yeah, you build it all around understanding. Right? Yeah. yeah, so because I work with essentially all of marketing, a large portion of sales, a large portion of product, how is that so different than if, if you go and eventually yeah. run an entire marketing org or you're like a general manager somewhere or you just run the whole company, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I think that it's it's great to see that. And we tend to get a mix coming into product marketing mm-hmm. of ex-consultants or recovering consultants <laughs> like myself, <laughs> um, folks who worked in banking, or yeah, I was going to ask you what's a typical background. Yeah, like or and then you've got tech veterans too. So right. it, it really depends. And that, that's the other thing I would say is that I was fortunate in the, the culture and the leadership here mm-hmm. to 
be more open-minded to that diversity of backgrounds because I will tell you in my process that not everyone was that open. Yeah, so let's talk about recruiting. Yeah. Um, based on my own experience and a lot of people I know who w- wanted to get into tech and have been successful after MBA, it's not easy at all, yeah. right? Silicon Valley does, first of all, they do not like MBAs. Not always. Not right? always. Not always, yeah. right? Sometimes, though. Uh, <laughs> and two, they, they do have a preference for people who have a technical background. I mean, it depends a little bit on the role also, of course. Yeah. Right? So, and it, it is harder to recruit for startups as opposed to larger companies. Yeah. Right? So, can you share with us, A, maybe maybe an example of the kind of hard... Like, first of all, was it hard for you? Or was it It was easy? hard. Yeah. I mean... I, I it's hard for me to say how difficult it was for me relative to someone sure. else, yeah. but I feel like had I worked in tech before, or even if I had marketing in my title, uh-huh. then I would have had an easier I go. Yeah. And, and the irony that, that was frustrating in my job search process was that when I was a consultant, probably about half my time was marketing strategy, segmentation, <laughs> position, like yeah. the stuff that I do now and I, I would work for like the CMO. And somehow that didn't matter. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't have, yeah. it said consultant that didn't yeah. say marketing manager, whatever they wanted to see. And so it's frustrating when you get companies that are so narrow that they're only looking for titles mm-hmm. and they're not actually looking for experience, but those right. companies exist. And the, you know, the barrier, the stigma around MBAs exists more for smaller companies. So right. I, I actually had So when really, you say small, so your 50 was, is that small? Is that's that, small. That's yeah. small, right? I, I was one of two people who had an MBA in DocuSign. That. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> DocuSign's got a lot more. It, Goodreads. Oh, it was I see. me and, okay. and my boss that summer. I and see. so we joked that we were, what do we call ourselves? Well, we were in this corner of the office and we called it like the business cave or something. <laughs> yeah. So No, so they, but like, tell us like, what is it that stood out about you? What did you do that helped yeah. you sort of overcome that? Well, you know, I just kind of tried everything hmm. because... I just wanted to see what worked and I wanted to explore my options. So I was mentioning earlier that in my internship experience, I came in with this perception that it needed to be, you know, this 50 person consumer. I don't even know why. Like I, I had my reasons. Uh I don't remember, but (laughs) I, you know, I went through that experience. Great. But I figured why not check out, other roles and other companies and just see what seems interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to people. So mm-hmm. I I had like a personal short list where I was reading all the tech news every day and I was like, oh, this is a great company. Mm. And sometimes I would guess the name and email of the person. And just who, call email? I Yeah, I called, I called email and I got some, yeah, like I, I, wanna, got some I would hits. love to understand the specifics. Yeah. That so, how did you get them to talk to you? I mentioned something that interested me in their company that clearly mm. referenced something I had read or something that would be so beyond the surface of the homepage, okay. some idea I had for the company. Oh, interesting. And I actually got a fair amount of, of meetings from that. I met the CEO of this 
food app, Yumly. Okay. And what did you what did you write? Maybe not the exact email, but this is great. So you're saying that you would sort of share ideas that you might have had for those. Well, products. it is these come. So I'll give you the overview of like everything I did, and I can go into each one of them. Hmm. So I had like Jennifer Royer's cool company list. Hmm. I and I didn't know in some cases whether they were hiring or not. Hmm. But you wanted. But to I, get, yeah. I was like, these are cool, and <laughs> so I had that list. I had the. Venture Loop, Angel List, LinkedIn, like the usual yeah, for the job, job yeah. boards. Yeah. Um, and then I would also look well, in the Wharton job posting, yeah. you yeah. know, school networks. Not a lot of startups there, though. Not a lot, yeah. Um, I, and then I knew some people here, so mm-hmm. I would ask them or maybe go through people I knew who worked in venture capital or had worked there and, like, what are some of the cool portfolio oh, companies okay. that you know about um, and, you know, who's hiring. And I actually also, as I was looking for jobs, did some independent consulting. And oh, you did for free? Or? No, no. They paid for me. <laughs> but that's great. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's almost like getting a job, right? Like a short-term yeah, job. Yeah, well, I, that was what I did until I got the job here. I, so this is, this is really helpful. So you were, during your MBA at Wharton, you sort of did some sort of consulting for startups. Yeah, for when I was like in Philly, I worked for an ed tech startup called Higher Next that got acquired by somebody, and they were trying to um, improve kind of the, the testing and assessment space. Yeah. And then... Did, was this for the job board, the Wharton job board, or...? I honestly have no idea. I think it might have been. They were like a five-person company. this is good. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure this helped you during recruiting, right? Because it added to your start yeah, experience. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. I really just wanted exposure. So, mm. like, I worked for them, and then I worked for an entrepreneur out here. Mm. And I, I think I got connected to him through like three other people because there was someone who spoke at a Wharton event from a venture capital firm. I really liked her. Hmm. I dropped her a note and mentioned something or other. I honestly don't even know what I wrote to these people that made them respond to me. And she, she replied, we had a meeting Hmm. here when I was out here and then she connected me to this entrepreneur who didn't need anyone, but connected me to this other entrepreneur, and I worked for him. So I, I, ha- I mean, I essentially had three internships, one formal and two self-initiated during my oh, You make it sound MBA. so easy. But, okay, I know you don't remember the email specifics, but yeah. to the extent you can share, like, what was the – because that would be really helpful for people, right? Like, what is the – how would you describe is like secret to networking as as like yeah, as horrible well, I that mean, sounds. One, one I think is you got to keep your options open. Huh. If and you also really need to know yourself and what you want because if if you if you go into it completely blind, then you're not going to get as much out of it as you should. So I knew generally that I wanted to be in San Francisco. I actually made some trips out from Philly even when I was out there Hmm. to, you know, come meet with people and talk to people as motivation to get meetings. But I knew I wanted to be here. I I knew I wanted to be in a high growth company, probably tech. Product marketing was an area I was looking at. I I think I may have looked at like BD and something else. Um, 
And then it was BD kind is business of, development, right? Yes, business yeah. development. Thanks. And and then it was just like let's let's go hunting and find some leads. And so I would I made my shortlist. I went on the boards. I talked to people, and and I kind of just saw who was biting while I kept myself busy doing these other. And projects. was it always like so? Cold email was one. Uh, getting references through people was one. Yeah, Did people you... referred me, right. and that's uh, that's another thing that folks should know is that a lot of companies, especially high growth companies, will have referral programs. So, oh, really? Yeah, like an actual referral program. Yeah, like oh, employees, employ- oh, okay, employees okay. get paid oh, yeah. okay. on successful hires. Oh, that's right. No, what I meant was more like just to get those introductions. Was it always through cold emails? Like you, you did your guess game? No, no. Well, so I mean, I I would. I would generally get to a place where there is a company that I was interested in. Now, whether that was sourced from Jennifer's shortlist or a job board or whatever, it doesn't matter. Hmm. I've got my company. I, they're either hiring or they're not. Hmm. You figure that out. But, um, but then I see if I know anyone who works there. And or anyone who can connect me to them, hmm. right? And you know, chances are you, you do know somebody, but sometimes not. I mean, these really small companies. Yeah, they have like what ten people. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and those are the ones that were such interesting conversations, but but a lot of them didn't go anywhere because they weren't big enough to need someone in hmm. marketing, or the person they wanted was like an SEO expert, like very specialized. Yeah, yeah, super specialized. And I was kind of like, I can learn super fast, but then it's also maybe too specialized hmm. for me. And they wanted someone who had a track record. So they're That's like, right. you're cool, but <laughs> not not now. Not right now, yeah. You know, and then, you know, Looking back on that, I can understand why they made that decision. It's probably in the best interest of yeah. both of us. Yeah. But, but yeah, I would try and I would try and uh, have a call or buy someone coffee who worked at that company. Even if they worked in another function, they can usually introduce you and find the right person. Um, yeah, I, I sometimes would like cold drop my resume if I didn't Did know anyone. Did you write anyone. cover letters? How important I, are cover letters? I did write them, um, or sometimes I would do something more creative. I actually think that for DocuSign, I made a PowerPoint presentation on oh, wow. the competitive yes, market or something. Wow! But but here's the thing: you don't really want to go do that too much unless you're super passionate about the place or you're already in the process like you have an interview so you can't start with it (laughs) i i yeah i think that's that's burning too much time to start with that yeah with the exception of it is an awesome job and you want to stand out from the start just so they'll talk to you Uh because that does happen i this one example of uh it was some storage company and I know that sounds boring, but they had a really cool model for how they were doing it. Hmm. And they're funded by Google Ventures. And somehow I got a hold of this guy, the hmm. CEO. And I think I, I think the reason he took the meeting with me was because I, I sent him some strategy or some thoughts I had I on what to do with the business. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, this is this is completely clear to me that you were 
you were not only expressing an interest in these companies, but you were sort of highlighting things that they could use. So they saw immediate value in just meeting you, right? Because if, yeah. if it doesn't work out, hey, at least I'll get some cool ideas from her, right? Well, so. and the, the thing is, like, if I think about people contacting me about yeah. DocuSign, which a lot of people have, there is a difference between people who say, hi, Jennifer, I'd like a job at DocuSign. Can we talk? Hmm. <laughs> and yeah <laughs> I made a face uh, and the people who say hey Jennifer I saw you're in this role and I just read this cool article about DocuSign I'd love to learn more about your growth plans and day-to-day product marketing I'm super interested in these things blah 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 right right so and I'm like just, yeah. okay thank you for spending five maybe ten minutes yeah to, to actually understand why you're interested. And that also tells me that, like, you cared enough to look at it, and if you're not being genuine, you sound pretty genuine, so you've convinced me, and yes, let's have coffee. Yeah. But the people who just say, I want a job, it doesn't cut it for yeah. me. I, I, I'm a nice person. I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> no, no, I can vouch and for so that. And so it's – I just – yeah, no, that's not sense. worth it yeah. to me. Especially if you're getting so many calls, right? You also got to pick and choose. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of like um, we have a lead scoring model here where we mm-hmm. have an, an algorithmic way of saying that, you know, if you're the CEO of a company and you attended a webinar and read a white paper, like, yeah, we better be following <laughs> up because that is a hot lead, like number one on the list yeah. versus you have someone who spent five seconds on your website. Do you want to follow up with that it's person? Thing, Probably yeah. not. So, yeah. like, I think it's a similar yeah. analogy. Well, that's a great way to, yeah. And And so if I'm the employer or I'm someone that you know, or whether indirectly or directly, it's still really important that you're doing something to show that you care yeah. and that you yeah. have a vested Absolutely. interest. Yeah. So if you were to replace yourself, as the director of product, one of the directors of product marketing yeah. at DocuSign, what three to five qualities would you look for in that person? Yeah, I I would look for someone who has a passion hmm. for DocuSign. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that I will always ask people interviewing is, why do you want to work here? And it's very simple, um, the question. <laughs> <laughs> but But... but the fact of the matter is we work really hard here and we care very deeply about this company and this business and you're going to spend a lot of time thinking about the product and thinking about the customers and interacting with them and you know that comes through so i enjoy what you 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 want someone who has that passion um i think uh, another quality is just around what I would call like strategic leadership. So the ability to walk in and understand what you need to do to define your charter and your priorities uh-huh. in the first, you know, 90 days. Also, like comfort thing. with ambiguity and being Com- able to structure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Comfort with ambiguity. There's that, that quote or phrase, the only constant is change. change. Yeah. And so understanding and defining and understanding your charter, your strategy, and, and really sticking to that is important. 
the other thing is partnership and collaboration. So in this role, it is one of the most visible and well-connected across the company. So you've got to find a way to work well with other people to drive to alignment, to ask mm-hmm. the hard questions. Mm-hmm. Very important. I, I always, you should continue with this, yeah. but I've always been curious, how do you test something like that in an interview? Like, you know, you, you yeah. can test your passion for DocuSign. Like, I'm guessing that comes out in a conversation, but how, well, you can probably make out whether the person is personable, you know, okay, it seems yeah. that, you know, he or she is friendly. Well, so there's a couple of things for evaluating that I think are important. And there's definitely the qualitative stuff, but there was a statistic that stood out to me in one of our management classes Mm -hmm. at Wharton, which is that behavioral interviews correlate 4% to job success, (laughs) which is like, it's it's horrible. Um, One of the highest corollaries to success is work history and, and work product and Hmm. so with that in mind as much as possible we like to give people projects during the interview oh that's right i've seen that in silicon valley like you you don't just like go through five interviews and yes or no you actually work with the companies yeah so well so like sometimes it will be a project with a set time limit which Hmm. it could be yeah it's kind of like a case interview and consulting where Someone gives you a business problem and you need to present the recommendation and the the results. It could be something like that. Sometimes it really just happens on the fly where you're you're kind of doing the same thing, but we're just having this conversation. Mm -hmm. So so you're about to enter this new market or you're evaluating this new market. How do you decide? What do you do? Who do you work with? I see. What, yeah. you know, so you that, sort of walk through a mock yeah, project. Yeah, it, or, okay. you know, you might also ask someone to to teach you something mm-hmm. or to explain something oh, they recently one. did. Teach me something, yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I whiteboarded during one of my interviews, I remember, and it was explaining a system or something like that. So, okay. so I think there are different ways to test it, That's and good. everyone runs it differently. Yeah. The other way to test collaboration the cross-functional nature of it is to actually involve people from other parts of the business and we do that so you know generally when you're interviewing in product marketing you will talk to someone well multiple people who work in product marketing obviously but then you'll have someone who works in product Mm. product management maybe someone in bd Uh, i certainly had both of those and it may be some folks in sales yeah so the people you'll be working with in that yeah Right. Yep, exactly. Okay. So, right. um, so I think that's you know another kind of Way checks and balances, yeah. Yeah. if you will, and uh, and yeah, I like I said, nothing's perfect. No, no, this but, is great. No, I mean, I, I think the teach me something is a is something that's sort of like yeah, that's a that's a great idea because that is something which the candidate has to come up on their own and they are forced to collaborate with you, right? Like they can't really prepare for it because you'll be asking questions about that thing which they cannot anticipate right? yeah so you're sort of forced that's a great idea all right so you were talking about three qualities um mm-hmm. in terms of what you would look for in the person who would replace us you said yeah uh passion for science, strategic leadership and then collaboration. collaboration yeah anything else well and, and i mean the other thing is just 
evidence of past success in, in yeah, work product. Sure. So it's usually helpful if we can see like a writing sample or a project they've done in the past or something like that. Mm. And, and, you know, I kind of, I guess I alluded to that in some of the questions that we might ask people, but mm. it's different to see something mm. than to hear someone explain it to you. Mm. And so... Which one do you prefer? I'd rather see what they've done so you and have them it. explain it to yeah. me. I want it all. Yeah. <laughs> You're a tough one to impress. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I am a, I'm a tough grader. It's true. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're coming to a close. Um, are there any resources you would uh, recommend to people who are interested in exploring this role a little bit better, learn more about it, and even, even recruiting, um, mm-hmm. you know, tips and suggestions? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the... The boards that are out there, like Venture Loop and Angelus and so forth, are are good source just in terms of looking for stuff. And in LinkedIn, I think there are a ton of good articles out there. But I honestly think that if you're interested in this area, you should read a bunch of job descriptions because they will differ by company, and mm-hmm. just try to talk to people and. Of course. Yeah, it that, is variable by company. Actually, it is variable company. by company. But as you're talking to people, just remember that you don't want to send a note that says, Dear Ms. Royer, I would like a job. Do your research. I think you made that plain and clear. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. All right. But me. keep your options open. Talk to people. Understand what product marketing means at other companies hmm. and and just know yourself well enough to realize where you want to be yeah no absolutely actually there's one thing which i wanted to ask you it seems to me that you, i mean clearly you're very passionate about this role, but that's clear to me not yeah. to the listener i don't know how much but i can see you okay <laughs> so you're speaking about it with a lot of sort of you know interest and passion for it um and you clearly are doing well at DocuSign. so is there anything that like, what is it that drives you to do well? I mean, of course, like any ambitious person. Yeah, you know. yeah, I'm type A for sure. Yeah, but <laughs> like anything that inspires you, even like overall in your career, like things which are, you know, that's what that's what you keep in mind. I like hard things. I like a challenge, and that plays out in every aspect of my life. I, I can't really tell you what specifically made me this way, <laughs> but I'm I'm a marathon. Well, I was a marathon runner. I might be done that now. I've done You're triathlons. Yeah. I'm I am like the crazy workout person. I love to travel, and I just like to get exposure to new things, try new activities, push myself to the limits in a healthy way. And same goes for any position I have at a company. It's telling that I was in consulting to start my career uh, because what I really liked about that is that we were solving big, hairy problems. Yeah. And it was very intellectual, and there wasn't always a clear a- answer. Yeah. And I did a ton of different projects. I worked for a waste management company. I worked for chemicals financial services, consumer products, like pharma. I did a ton of life sciences and some of it was marketing and some of it was strategy and some of it was just getting people to agree on the top three priorities. Mm -hmm. And the projects that were more cookie cutter with a framework were so incredibly boring to me. Mm -hmm. And they were harder for me than the ones that were really tough. 
because I'm driven by challenge. But that's telling, yeah. That's yeah. Telling, and yeah. so I think that that carried over to, you know, to this role, the versatility, the opportunity, the challenge here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, being able to come in and define what the core challenges are, how to solve them, how to measure success and pilot different things really makes me feel like I'm having an impact and I'm learning something. Yeah. So, so I guess that's what gets me here today. That's what gets you going. Yeah. No, thank you so much. No, this was great. Thank you so much for your time. I mean, I know we, we spoke for a long time, but this was very, very helpful. Is there any other parting advice you'd like to share with listeners? I think that I probably said it all at this point. <laughs> so just wish everyone best of luck yeah. in their job search and finding their true passion. It's, I think, a lifetime journey that is true. that we all go on. And, you know, no, nothing is ever perfect or as we would expect it to be. But that's what makes things exciting. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. All right, so that was Jennifer on product marketing and on recruiting for roles in product marketing. I think this was a very, very helpful discussion. Jennifer shared a number of useful tips and insights. So I hope you found it helpful too. And of course, if you have any questions at all for Jennifer or for me, you can email us at hello at learneducatediscover.com. You can also tweet at us. Our Twitter handle is at LED underscore curator. You can check out our website at learneducatediscover.com where you can sign up to get updates via email on all the new episodes as well as other useful content for you guys. And you will also find the list of all the podcasts that we've done so far over there. You can also subscribe to the show. You can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, while you're at it, leave us a review. It honestly means a lot. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learn, educate, discover. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, take care and be well.